0: Alright, the book of Proverbs. If you want to go ahead and turn, uh, not to Proverbs yet, but to 1 Kings chapter 4. 1 Kings chapter 4. I uh, gave you, uh, there should be two pages you got tonight. One is the normal overview uh, with our stuff that we'll work through tonight. The other was a, uh, a pretty interesting outline that I found. Not necessarily an outline and just going, oh, here's chapter 1, verse 1, all the way through. But someone kind of went through the idea of Proverbs. Uh, it is the pinnacle the quintessential book of wisdom literature. Uh, The the overarching theme, driving point in that in the book of Proverbs is about wisdom. And so someone went through and kind of outlined and mapped characteristics and traits of a wise person. I think the outline refers to it as a wise man, but just substitute wise woman, you'll be okay in there. All right. So uh, wisdom applies to both genders, but they went through and rather than a book chapter verse, a linear kind of approach to it, went through categories and themes that you see quite often in Proverbs. Do note, however, not every verse is covered in that outline, okay, because it's just such a broad uh, plethora of information. It's hard to really boil it down to just a couple of things, and so you'll see it's a a full two-page outline just on traits and characteristics and qualities of a wise person, but it is not exhaustive uh, from the book of Proverbs. So that's the second page that you have. Um, the the name proverbs uh, means proverbs of Solomon. A proverb uh, means to rule or to be like, and so it is a a rule as in a measurement, a standard, an expectation that you know there's a there's a principle, there's a truth in place that when you do this, the rule, the measure is this will happen, this will be the result, or it will be like a certain thing. However understand, and we'll get to this here in a few minutes, that Proverbs really draws a lot of comparisons about life from life, and so basically it's saying that these are the normal standard results. When these things happen, generally these are the outcomes and these are the results. However, There are exceptions in these things. These are general rules of thumb, general uh, results that happen, uh, but we shouldn't treat them as as necessarily absolute promises that when A happens, cause and effect will lead then to B happening because that's not always true in situations. And we will look at a couple of examples of that. The author, I, I took you to 1 Kings 4 just so that you kind of have in your own minds a comfort level with who the author of Proverbs is. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29. Before we read this, you may remember King David uh, was a man after God's own heart. He was the second king of Israel, followed King Saul. Uh, David united the king of Israel. Uh, both the northern and the southern country came under his leadership. Uh, David was a, a man who loved God and sought after him. David wasn't perfect. You remember the, the adulterous affair with. With Bathsheba uh, the child that was conceived out of wedlock that died well David did take Bathsheba after he killed her husband as a wife well their son was Solomon King Solomon he came to reign after David's death and early on as he completed the temple that his father David had wanted to do to build a house a dwelling place for God they were having the feast and the celebration and God came to Solomon and just said, you know, Solomon, uh, make a request. Well, what is it that you would pray? What is it that you would request of me? And with kind of an open-ended, you know, opportunity before God to make a request, Solomon prayed, which was an act of wisdom, that God would give him wisdom. He said, here I am in this place, a position of power, of authority. God, I, I can't lead these people on my own. I need your wisdom. And God said, that's a really good prayer, Solomon. I'm going to give you wisdom. So how'd that work out? First Kings chapter 4 verse 29 and God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breadth of mind like the sand on the seashore so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all other men, wiser than Ethan the Ezraite and Haman, Calcol and Darda, the sons of Mahol, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He also spoke 3,000 Proverbs and his songs were 1,005. Not 1,000 not eleven hundred, but one thousand and five, all right. It's <laughs> interesting that, that specific number that's there. Uh, thirty three. He spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He spoke also of beasts and of birds and of reptiles and of fish. And people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. So the reference there to the trees and the nature is that Solomon was wise. He was learned. He had insight into everything from agriculture to sea life and and everything in between. So Solomon had incredible wisdom from God. And you see that he spoke 3,000 proverbs that were recorded in addition to his writing of songs. Therefore, it's very natural then that the author of proverbs would be King Solomon, and he is identified uh, throughout the book. There are some that come from some other individuals, if you want to flip on over there. Um, there are some that come from other individuals, but primarily the bulk of these uh, are thought to come from Solomon. And the dating of the book—it's uh, again kind of like Psalms. This isn't one of these where someone sat down and said, "Oh, well, here it is," because you know obviously these are these are words of wisdom from uh, King Saul. It's likely that he was speaking some that had been handed down. These are already eclectic wisdom that had been passed from generation to generation. That he continued to speak, as well as adding to. In the book of Proverbs, we have references to. Hezekiah, uh, chronicling and adding some, putting these things together. We know that he lived uh, into the 600s B.C. So scholars give a very wide range as to when these Proverbs may have come into being. Anywhere from 1000 B.C. prior to Solomon, up to maybe as early as 400 B.C., a couple hundred years after his death. that These things were kind of compiled and put together. Uh, Even though they weren't all maybe written during Solomon's lifetime, they continued on as were from him till they finally came together and were put into the book of Proverbs. The basic purpose of the book of Proverbs is to apply uh, words of wisdom that God gives us to living a life of obedience to him. Uh, So you know I put the definition in there that, that it compiles numerous words of wisdom that apply to a variety of situations for living a godly and people use the word effective. You know, in an effective life, if you want to to be effective, you want to succeed in life, well... The success is going to come from godliness, which is submitting to God in that. But the principles and the truths in here uh, are very rich, but recognize that they are principles. That they apply to a number of different situations, not an instruction for, okay, when you're dealing with this, here's what happens. But it's a principle that will apply to a number of different things. Uh, But people describe the book of Proverbs as giving us the path of wisdom. So let's kind of start with that word, the word wisdom. How do you define, have you ever heard a good definition that you like of the idea of wisdom? We hear it a lot. We may pray for it. You know, James tells us, you know, if we lack wisdom to ask and God will give it to us. But how do you define what wisdom is? You ever heard a good definition you like? Putting knowledge into action. Putting knowledge into action, okay. I was going to say the appropriate or efficacious application of knowledge. The appropriate or... Efficacious. Wow. What was the part after that? I got lost at that word. Applying it. You know, so efficacious is applying? Yes. No, I'm just, I'm just Wow. I like it. He's wearing a tie too. Anybody else? Definition of wisdom. So those things are like, yeah, I hear it, and I kind of have an idea, but but verbalizing it in a way... Uh, can be a little more complex than, than something that's simple. But I do like, and what you guys are talking about, is wisdom is, it's applicational. It's not just knowledge. There can be someone who's very intelligent, very, very smart, who doesn't apply wisdom in the right situations at the right time. So they have the knowledge, but not wisdom. Uh, but there's the other thing of that, and this is what is really awesome, I think, in my mind. When you think of people that you would call wise, Guys, have you ever noticed how the timing of what they say or what they do just always seems to be impeccable? You know, you're in a room, you're in a meeting, and everybody's talking, and you're sharing ideas, and you're like, "Eh, I don't know, and a lot of confusion and all this, and then that person speaks up, and they say it, and everyone goes... Ah, oh, wise one, oh, wise one, you know. It, it's, it's just that timing and how it kind of encapsulates things that are there. And ultimately, I think that brings back to is we're going to look at and see wisdom to have wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. And having knowledge and then responding as the Holy Spirit of God prompts us and leads us, that's where that impact of wisdom is felt. Someone says the word that you need to hear at just the right time because God laid it on their heart. My wife is amazing in in like what I just think of as her sensitivity to people and what's going on. She'll tell me, she's like, yes, this person's been on my mind for like two or three days. So I called them today and I called and here's what happened. I mean, it's just like amazing. Just the, the floodgates open. And what happened? I was like, "That's just so awesome." She does it all the time, you know. People are like, "Oh, she just calls at just the right moment." How does she do that? I'm telling you, she does that because she just has this sense about her that somebody's impressed on her heart, she finally picks up the phone and calls or sends an email or something. So I tell her, "Honey, if you've ever get impression about me, call right away." All right, <laughs> don't wait. You know, I, I want to do that. But it's so much of wisdom, because wisdom starts with God. Is found in Him is the sensitivity and it's the leading. And the promptings and the obedience to him that he speaks to us. The knowledge that we have rightly applied in time. And so two definitions that I I have have heard that wisdom is rightly applying knowledge. Rightly Applying knowledge uh, or the ability to see people, events, and situations as God sees them. Wisdom is having the ability to see people, situations, and events as God sees them. Because we can as we see them as God sees them, then we can respond in truth uh, from his word that he has given to us. Uh, But wisdom begins with obedience to God. We understand him, we respect him, we know how we stand in relation to him. We know how creation stands in relation to him. Therefore, we start with him, and everything flows from that. Some key verses. um, Let's look at a couple of these, and then tonight we're going to do a lot of flipping. So go ahead and crack your knuckles and get your fingers loosened up, because you can't go through Proverbs without just flipping around and seeing some of the the awesome things that are in here. So Proverbs chapter 1, starting in verse 1, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction and wise dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. So basically saying all these things, if you want to experience these things, that's what these proverbs are about, understanding the knowledge the guidance the righteousness the justice the equity the prudence to the simple all these things that he just described take a break after sentence or after verse number six take a deep breath and understand how all of these things do you want these things he's saying verses two through six is this a desire of your heart something you would want do you desire these traits these characteristics take a deep breath let's focus and look at verse seven the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So if fools despise it, then the wise receive wisdom and instruction. And Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Uh, key verses you also see and you're probably familiar with. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. So, God guides us. It's not our understanding, our knowledge, our smarts. It's trusting in God, relying on Him and He will guide and He will direct us. So, we'll kind of pause there. We're going to pick up a couple of these others as we go through. But again, as I said about Psalms last week, when you come to Proverbs and you start talking, start talking themes in theology. There really is no set, you know, theme and, and no, you know, really uh, rallying around narratives and stories and, and looking at these things. It's a it's a collective body of wisdom of short, uh, pithy statements of a broader chapter that's kind of set in the context of things. And so, if you sit down with Proverbs and start saying, okay, what are they saying in this chapter, and you start reading through, you're going to be very frustrated by the time you get to the end of that chapter because it goes from from money to relationships to, you know, politics. I mean, it's just all over the map, and you're like, what's the theme? There is no theme, all right? You're best off just sitting down and just taking it one verse at a time. What's in there? What do you see? Uh, Another mode of of study that I found to be helpful at times is if you are looking through uh, and want to do something as you go through the book of Proverbs, make some headings. And some categories. When you see a verse that relates to a topic that kind of comes to mind, write that heading and then start jotting verses that go underneath that. I know I've done that before uh, with parenting. Say, okay, what verses as I go through here relate to parenting, and what principles and truths? And and really, in that moment, there's not a right or wrong answer. It's the things that God speaks to you about that apply to parenting. The same thing with money and finances. I was was doing a series on giving one time, and I went through. I was like, I see a bunch in here, and kind of getting kept getting referenced. Back, So I took a couple hours and I sat down and I went page by page through the book of Proverbs. Came up with 90 some verses in the book of Proverbs that from the way I read and understood applied to money management and finances and working and being prudent and saving and all these things. There may be more, but again, it was just a good study to kind of go through that way. So that, that might be an approach that you do if you're looking for some specific uh, information from that. Uh, but some key things that you see from this, learn from those who have gone before you. When you look at Proverbs chapter 1, look at verse 8 in here, and you see this reference very, very often. It says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. You know, it is so imperative that we learn from those who have gone before us. You know, what is it they say about history? If we don't learn from history... We're bound to repeat it. Right? So learning these lessons, you know, I, I don't want to have to make all the mistakes somebody else. I mean, if I can learn from their mistakes and avoid some things, I would much rather, you know, go that path. Because here's what I've discovered. I make enough of my own mistakes anyway, all right, because nobody was there to warn me or tell me or because I didn't listen, you know. But part of what you see through the book of Proverbs is this pleading, this listen, this hear this instruction from your parents. Very, very important that parents are teaching their children, but also from elders and from other teachers and other leaders and so the reference here to son obviously can be in a family context but oftentimes too an elder speaking to a younger in a teaching particularly in a religious setting they would you know there's a reference to a father a son you know kind of a reference that can go there so it can be applied to more than just a family situation but look at chapter 2 verse 1 My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So again, that instruction to the son. Chapter 3 starts off the same thing. My son, do not forget my teaching. Chapter 4, hear, O sons, a father's instruction. Chapter 5, my son, be attentive to my wisdom, incline your ear to my understanding that you may uh, keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. Chapter 6, my son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, having given pledge for a stranger. So you, you're kind of picking this idea up here each chapter, my son, my son, yes. I'm sure it's just pure coincidence that Satan has chose to attack the family and, and mocking fathers like our media and culture and society today, and oh, yeah. all the broken homes, you know, attack the family because that's not the key to success and destroying people. But that's exactly right. Yeah, you think about sitcoms and the, and the role of dads in sitcoms, you know, they're, they're just buffoons in, in a lot of ways, yep. So you see this theme of my son in here, and so learning from those who have gone before. A uh, second thing that is key for the book of Proverbs uh, is humility basically that we are humble before God. We ultimately are dependent upon him. I mean, when you think of God being the sustainer of our life, we are dependent upon him for our heart to be beating. We don't think about our heart beating because it does it naturally, and our body is doing, you know, multiple thousands of things every every second that we're not consciously keeping going But God is, that that sustainer of the universe. And so there's a great humility to go, wow, remember this old Job thing, you're God and I'm not? Yeah, we humble ourselves before God and realize how dependent we are upon him. Uh, But secondly, there is a need for humility among other people. That when people offer instruction, that we seek wisdom, we seek knowledge from them, that we humbly hear and receive their instruction. And Proverbs has a few words about not being humble. Look at chapter 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Now, what would have taken for you as a teenager to get that through your brain? You know, I just think about it. I just, <laughs> popping you around a little bit. Yeah, Weighing way in his right in his own mind. Uh, look at chapter 13, verse 3. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Ah, There's another good one right there, is it not? Hiding God's Word in our heart. All right. Uh, Number three on there, we see that God's Word is applicable to our lives. No matter what situation we encounter, God gives us instruction and direction in there. But again, the the beauty, what I love so much about Proverbs, and we're going to look at some of these, is that there are so many applications to, to the truths and the words that are spoken. You know, some things in Scripture, you see a context, and okay, this happened, so when this happened, here's what you know we can experience. Or here are some ways that we can respond But a proverb, there's a truth And it can be applied in so many different situations and so many scenarios Look at chapter 15, verse 1 You tell me a couple of situations and scenarios Where this wisdom can be applied A soft answer turns away wrath But a harsh word stirs up anger At work At work, okay just came up with my brother, um his wife is a very difficult boss. And, okay. And we were just chatting over finishing up James, and this picture came to mind. I gave it. to him. Yeah. He said, I'm gonna pass that on to. Okay. Yeah. She said uh, her sister-in-law. Yes. Sister in law, uh, a difficult boss at work, as uh, they were going through James speaking about, I guess, controlling the tongue and all that, this verse comes up. So, in those moments, in those times, we went, to, you know, I'm standing my ground today. A soft answer turns away wrath. All right, another scenario. When I wake up, Yeah, what's taking you so long, right? <laughs> All right. Oh, come on. You can think of more scenarios than that, can't you? Parenting. Parenting. Yes. You catch their attention more when they're expecting the parental outburst, and when you speak quietly, it speaks volumes. Yeah. Versus hollering. Yep, that's right. I thought about it. I, I shared a little bit this last week. Our basketball stuff with Caleb got pretty haywire last week. I was thinking, ooh, some soft words then would have been very appropriate because it got pretty intense around there. We, we bailed before it got uh, in, in, any more rowdy where it was at. But soft answer turns away wrath, uh, but a harsh word stirs up anger. All right, look at uh, verse 22 of that chapter. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Where might that apply? It works. At work. not just thinking that your way is the only in the right way but asking advice I have a wise older father thank goodness he is older and um, as I've worked with him 25 years I think hey, I should do this by now he's only taught me how many times but there's always some more wisdom to gain from him so ask him, ask other people okay finances. finances okay, excellent parenting? Yes. Just for me, uh, and, and it is kind of work, but just ministry related. There have been numerous times throughout my ministry uh, that, that uh, not my ministry, the ministry God's called me to, where just challenges and, and things that we're facing w- would call other pastors. Thankful that I had other pastors that I had known through our conventions that I could call or I could go and sit down. As I took my first pastor, and I've been a youth pastor, into the senior pastor role, I called about the six guys around the state of Kentucky, and I sent them a list of about 10 questions. Questions, uh, some practical nuts and bolts stuff. how do you run a staff meeting what's your you know deacon's meeting structure look like and all this kind of stuff to more doctrinal theological you know type things and I said hey would you look these over I'll drive to where you are pay for your lunch can I just have an hour hour and a half of your time for you to just answer these questions for me and invaluable having those those individuals uh, sit and share some wisdom so things like that are good scenarios Choosing a college was like that for me i I, I tried to pick a lot of people 's brain related to going to school, laid out options of you know where where I was feeling led, where I had you know financial offers and things like that, and really getting some wisdom on that. all right uh, let's look at chapter seventeen verse twenty eight. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise when he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. <laughs> I heard it phrased this way It is better to let people think you a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> so, where, where might that apply? Everywhere. Politics. Uh, politics. <laughs> politics. Awesome. I heard work again over here. I know when you out with young people. All right, hanging out with young people? I used to I'm smart. I'll tell you, uh, to me, that applies to family reunions. Just zip it. Don't start. All right. Just move around. Give me some chicken. I want to eat. (laughs) Gonna get some more potato salad. All right. Uh, Chapter 20, verse 17. Smile and nod. Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be full of gravel. Uh, chapter 20, verse 17. Hmm. I don't know about any applications, but... I've been there, done that. <laughs> it was great for a while, and then it kind of sours on you. All right, uh, chapter 22, verse 7. It's like having inside information and not being able to do anything with it. Th- this is like that, you said? That last verse. I and mean, if, if you know something, but you can't say what you know, Right. then it's, you just got to sit there and chew on it. Yeah. Chapter 22, verse 7, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Let's apply that bad boy. Go. <laughs> Credit cards, student loans, car loans, uh, somebody, said, somebody said a house, Yeah, <laughs> life in general, yeah, yeah, The the title loan places, banks. Yeah. So yeah, we see multiple. And again, this is the beauty of the Proverbs, that that they apply to life. Everyday situations, uh, you see those applications. Number four on there, God is concerned with every aspect of our lives. Let me just run through. Uh, This was awesome. And as I came through some of my study... And this is just the tip of the iceberg of categories that you will experience or you will find wisdom about in the book of Proverbs. It talks about personal conduct, business, wealth, sexual relations, love, ambition, discipline, debt, child-rearing, character, alcohol, politics, revenge, and godliness. I mean, you see all those things, through, and that's not an exhaustive list of things in the book of Proverbs. Uh, character is so very important. It's emphasized over and over and over again in the book of Proverbs. Having the right character and it speaks about we are challenged through the book of Proverbs in these ways. To honesty, to integrity, to be diligent, to be kind, to be generous, to be ready to forgive, to be truthful, patient, to be humble, cheerful, loyal, uh, to be self-controlled and prudent uh, in our attitudes and our choices and our actions. I mean that is how rich Proverbs is exhorting us to all of those character traits in whatever situation you're in, whether it's work, whether it's home, whether it's recreation, whether it's church, uh, you know, leading in, in community civic organizations, every place that we are, all of those character traits should be fleshed out, exemplified in our lives. Such a rich, rich book. Okay, number five on here. Uh, it is a great book to work through biblical interpretation because there is such a broad diversity of of, of truths and how they're applied uh, as you go through. you see personifications given in the book of Proverbs. Go back to chapter one. Particularly in the book of Proverbs. Uh, personification is when human traits and characteristics and qualities are given s- given to someone or something that's not a, a person. I guess it wouldn't be a someone because they would be a person. Something that's not a person. So particularly in, in the book of Proverbs, you will see wisdom described as a woman and folly described as a woman so it's saying these are the things and if you follow after her in this way these are the things that you'll that you will experience the benefits of wisdom and godliness and character but if you follow after the way of this woman a folly over here here are the things that come with it but back in proverbs chapter one verse, uh, where are we here? Verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you, because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded because you have ignored all my counsel and would none of my reproof, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish comes upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their own have their fill of their own devices for the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them but whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster so you see this woman speaking here saying hey come follow me but if you don't then this is going to happen and i will laugh at you because I gave you a way out. I tried to show you a better way, but you wouldn't listen. So therefore, you're going to reap what you have sown. So you see that personification there. Uh, Again, we see principles versus prophecies here, and this is where you have to be careful as you read through Proverbs to know that this is the general rule. These are the normal results, not promises, that will happen in every scenario or every situation. Look at chapter 10. Verse 3, Proverbs 10:3. The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. Now, have you ever known a righteous, godly person to be hungry? To be in want? To be malnourished and underfed, yes. And so you look at that and go, oh, well, this is a you know can be a reference to eternal. In God's care, it's there. Or generally, as we see, and uh, Bob, you quoted earlier, Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you that God provides. Maybe not in an abundance like we would want or desire, but we see God's provision in that. Uh, verse 4, A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. I hope that many of you are diligent workers in here, that you're diligent to your task and to your jobs. Do you consider yourself rich? Comparatively speaking to many in the world, probably. But, you know, you look at that and people, they work diligently. But do are, are they rich, again, compared to world standards? But you see, again, this, these general truths that are there, these rules that, that happen, even though they may not uh, specifically uh, be in an individual's life. Proverbs 22.6 is another, it's a, it's a classic example of this. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So if that's a blanket promise, then when we see children who are wayward uh, as teenagers into adults, we look back and we say, what's the parent's issue, right? Because if the parent had raised them right, then they wouldn't have done that. Well, generally, as a rule, yes, we want to train and instruct, and children follow that path, but children make their own way and they make their own choices and decisions right and we've all seen that play out but i'll tell you too that what i've seen over and over again in ministry and again it's not a a absolute necessarily cause and effect that happens every time but when that foundation is there and parents instill and teach that and build it into the lives of their children there may be that season of wandering and going away but i have seen over and over again you get out of of college into life uh, on your own some of the difficulties hardships come in guess guess what happens hey wait a second I, I need to get back to this over here. i need to, to find a church get back into the word or they get married life's hard marriage is hard mom dad you guys made it look easy well we just didn't fight in front of you that's <laughs> you know it's, a, it's a, you know it was there or, or particularly people are having children i mean they have a child and go oh wait a second everything has changed now you know i've got a another life life's not about me there is you know one that i need to to uh give some uh time and effort here uh Prodigal son. Yep, that picture exactly. Uh, part of Proverbs as he goes through, again, not even making promises or general rules, but he just makes observations about life. Uh, look at chapter 12, verse 11. An observation, general rule of thumb. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Chapter 14, verse 20. The poor is disliked even by his neighbor, but the rich has many friends. Has many friends till the money runs out sometimes. It's just an observation in life. Those who are poor, people you know, don't pursue after and want you know, friendships with them, but the rich seem like there's always somebody around them. You know, how, how's that work? You know, it's interesting that in life. Uh, chapter 15, verse 16. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Chapter 21 Verse 9 Observations about life it is better to live in a corner of a house top than in a house with a quarrelsome wife wow. What 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 you knew it was coming. Come on now. Have you're through Proverbs, I'm not going to skip that. Look, you notice I put the dry erase board back there tonight, though. <laughs> I wasn't even getting close to that thing. Hey, remember, Solomon had many, many, many wives. He can make observations you know, along those lines, all right? So. <laughs> all right, moving right along. Uh, uh, we see the, uh, the consequences of, of actions, character traits. Chapter 3, verse 3, if you flip back over there. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Chapter 10, verse 1. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Uh, So we see those things. Some some commands uh, are given, very specific instructions from the book of Proverbs. Chapter 20. Flip over there. Chapter 20, verse 13. Proverbs 20, verse 13. Love not sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes, and you will have plenty of bread. Hey, work hard. Don't be lazy. All right? Work. Get out there and uh, provide. Chapter 22, verse 10. Drive out a scoffer, and strife will go out, and quarreling and abuse will cease. So that contentious person that's constantly stirring things, not easy, not fun, not pleasant, but... Deal with that, remove that, and there's greater peace and calm when that source uh, is, is taken out. All right, chapter 23, verse 19. Hear, my son, and be wise, and direct your heart in the way. Be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and slumber will clothe them with rags. So, again, you see just a lot of different ways that the author uh, communicates that these proverbs are given for us to have instruction as we go through life. Finally, you see on there that there are promises and we see the blessings of God that come. Life is rewarding. There is a rewarding yield as we seek after God. And I actually put a number of these verses in there. would encourage you, uh, and I listed these very specifically because what you're going to see is the measure of... Success or effectiveness in life isn't about anything in the human material world, the accolades from mankind or the amount of treasures that we amass. But when you look at the words of wisdom in Proverbs, it says if you are going to have success and be rewarded and have a fulfilling life, it comes from obedience to God. When you obey him and you follow him, his ways, his instruction, that's what brings success. That's what brings fulfillment. Fulfillment, contentment, peace, rewards, and blessings. It's obedience to him. Starts with the fear of the Lord all the way through. It's responding in obedience to him, all right? So there's an outline for you on that sheet. And then again, I mentioned that there's another outline that kind of takes this idea of wisdom, this personification, and it takes a number of scriptures and kind of ties them all together in some categories for you. Uh, A fun way to study through related to that. All right. Comments on the book of Proverbs. I've wanted to preach through it, but man, I am so slow. Because I mean, you could take any one of those verses. I am like, it's a whole sermon right there. I'm like, I would spend the rest, the next, you know, the rest of my life trying to go through that. We've been in John for what two and a half years now, and we're getting back to chapter 14 after this marks of a movement. So we're, we're working through. We, we we take a break, but it's just we're we're. we're uh, Yeah, I'd heard years ago that uh, part of Billy Graham said for years his devotional study was he tried to uh, read five chapters of Psalms a day, five Psalms a day, and then one chapter of Proverbs that matched the day of the month that he was in. And don't tell anybody, but that's what we're going to do next month in the month of March. 31 days in March, 31 chapters in Proverbs. Ah, works out well. So just like Matthew, but we're going we're to do that uh, for next month's study uh, and work through there, all right? So good stuff. Yes, Shelley. Um A friend and I.